Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to Mulling It Over here on Heart of Ohio Sports. Nate Mullins here in studio, and I've got Greg Kin, the wizard, with me on the ones and twos, keeping me live and locked in. And I, I'm happy that you're locked in with us here. Make sure you share the video. Like, follow, subscribe on all of our platforms. We got a lot of them. It's all of them. I mean, pretty much everyone you can think of, we're on it. So find us, Heart of Ohio Sports. Give us a follow, especially on YouTube, folks. Hit that subscribe button. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you found us, you're watching us, please help us out. Support the cause. Subscribe. And if you're watching us on any other platform, go find us on YouTube. Subscribe. We're really close to that 1,000 subscribers mark. All right, hey, Greggy, how we doing tonight, man? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. So it's just gonna be me and you tonight. We're just talking, just shooting the shit tonight. Just uh, doing a little bit of you know recap over the last week of sports because there's a lot to talk about, man. There's there's a lot to talk about. Um, the last time you and I were on the air for this was like December 22nd, I believe, when we had Brody Conley on for an interview. It's been a couple weeks. We took a couple weeks off for you know the. Thanksgiving for the uh, Christmas break and the mm -hmm. New Year's break. Got a little time off, but got getting back into the swing of things now. For sure. At least trying to. Trying to. <laughs> trying to. I mean, tomorrow's our first Feeling game back, so yep. that'll really get us back into motion there. For sure. Uh, we got girls basketball tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's Carrie and Mohawk, I believe, right? If I'm looking at the yes. schedule right. Yes. Carrie and Mohawk girls basketball tonight or tomorrow night. And then on Saturday, we have uh, Tiffin Columbian Boys versus Bellevue. That's a remake of a game that was originally scheduled for, I believe, the 23rd of December. When we got all that snow. <clears throat> yeah, all that snow and wind and nastiness. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was like the day after that podcast. It just got really gross. And it stayed that way for a while. I mean, that was, uh, that was nasty, man. I didn't, I didn't move for like... I felt like 24 hours. I just kind of stayed in the house and chilled. And I'm like, yeah, it's too cold out there. I'm not going out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so a lot has happened over the last week. Um, we talked about the Ohio State game a little bit. Ohio State, Georgia. I feel like it's a little bit in the past now. We're almost a full week away from that now. Uh, but I mean, I guess we can talk about it. Greg, what'd you think about that? I mean, good game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh Heartbreaker, man. Uh, I watched that kick. I knew it was going to be a close one there in the final seconds, and uh, I didn't. I really didn't think it was going to look like that. Though, when I seen it come off his foot, I was like, "Oh my god!" It was not even close. Yeah, not, not it was a bummer. Close. And when you, I when it came off his foot, I could tell right away. It's like he just put too much into it. He just like overcompensated for the distance that he had to make up. He made one earlier in the game from forty eight. And I thought 50 really wasn't that far outside of his wheelhouse, but I just feel like he pushed a little bit too hard, trying to get a little bit too much on that one. And it just it just wasn't there. So it just wasn't their day. They go into the fourth quarter with a, almost a two – they did have a two-score lead, and you end up losing that game. I mean, you only got yourself to blame. You gave up 42 points. I know Georgia's good. I know they're the number one team in the nation. I know they're good, but – at the end of the day, I mean, you brought in a guy to help fix your defense, and in a game that mattered, he gave up forty. You gave up forty-two points to Georgia, and what they give it to Michigan, 41, 40 something. I don't know, forty ridiculous. Forty so, ridiculous. So I mean, I'm just saying they brought in a guy to fix the defense. The last two games are the games that mattered the most, 
and you put, you gave up over 40 points. So I'm not really sure that that defense is fixed. I'd be open to all options if I was Ohio State in the offseason. Um, and then you had the uh, Michigan-TCU game. TCU pulling out a big win. I mean, would you say TCU won that game, Greggy? Or would you say Michigan lost that game? I mean, Michigan allowed themselves to get down how many times this year and always was known as the second-half team. So it's like they were kind of playing to their own style there. But, I mean, you should have never let TCU get that far ahead to, right. to climb back. So, I mean, you got to give kudos to where it's due. TCU was able to put that many points up on them. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say they won that game, man. Yeah, I I got to give credit to, to TCU. I mean, they hung 50-some points on that vaunted Michigan defense. Came into the – I think they were number two in the nation coming into that game. I mean, they just – they were a great defense. They were no, that was the hallmark of that team, and they hung 50-some points on them. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Now, two pick sixes, defensive points. 14 of those points came defensively. So, I mean, you got to give some credit to that defense, too, for TCU because they came up with a couple of big turnovers that really turned the tide of that game and swung, th swung things in their favor. I mean, Michigan made a valiant effort to come back, but – in the end, it was just all for naught because they, it was just too big of a, too big of a deficit to try to overcome at the end. So, so you got Michigan and Georgia. I'm sorry, TCU and Georgia playing for the national championship game. Uh, how many people are going to be watching this game, man? Like that's my <laughs> question. Is it just going to be people in Georgia and Texas, or is there going to be the casual, you know? college football fan that's going to tune in and say hey i want to watch a good game because i don't know if it's going to be a good game uh, just being honest i mean tcu played a great game against michigan but do you give them do you give them a chance against georgia greg i mean i wouldn't have gave them that much of a chance against michigan i'll say that but yep. i feel like i will i do my first initial reaction is that they gave everything they had to Michigan, and I think, like I said on the uh, Over Under podcast, that I think Georgia got scared by Ohio State. It made them feel very vulnerable, and I think they're not going to let that even come close to happening in the in the national championship. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, I feel like if you're an Ohio State fan and you're a Michigan fan, you kind of feel like maybe right now you got cheated. You had a chance at a Ohio State versus Michigan national championship game and you got cheated. You know, I mean, I feel like when you look at the way those games unfolded, both those games were winnable for both teams. It's not like, you know, you can say, oh, well, you know, they, they tried, they got there. At least we're happy they got to that point. No, they actually legitimately had a shot to win both of those. Both those teams had a shot to win both those games. You could have had both teams in a national championship game. I just feel like not only did they cheat us out of that, but, you know, I feel like maybe, I don't know. Maybe the referees had a little bit to do with it, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to stir the pot too much there, but, you know. <laughs> It just seemed to me like, and I don't understand why they wouldn't want that though. That's the thing that didn't make any sense to me. When you watch the officiating in those games, like you know the targeting call at the end of that Michigan game, that's clearly targeting. Why was that not called? And then the targeting call against Marvin Harrison. Now, 
you can say it was a shoulder lead and shoulder he hit him in the shoulder but when you watch the replay the crown of his helmet went up under the dude's face mask like that's targeting so there was a few calls that to me didn't make much sense like that first down call in the ohio state game why they went back and reviewed that and overturned that call to me it was like well it was pretty clear he was short but they decided to go back overturn it and then give them the ball and that, that that was a swing of the game right there i mean that was a huge turning point in the game ohio state had a 14 point lead at that point and then you saw what happened at the end of the game i mean it just i don't know there's a lot to be said for you know a few plays here and there that change the momentum of a game or change the outcome of a game. And what's really crazy now is you have sports gambling, which is now legal in Ohio. Woo, woo. I mean, I'm just saying everybody's stoked about sports gambling in Ohio. It hit Ohio, like crack in the eighties, like for real. <laughs> I'm just saying like, Everybody's in on it. Everybody, I'm talking to people at work, and everybody's asking about, hey, did you get in on FanDuel? Did you do, did you do Betfred? Did you do the uh, DraftKings one? Get all your free money? You know, like there's thousands of dollars in free money out there for anybody who wants to sign up who hasn't already signed up yet. I mean, there's hundreds of dollars. I've already made over $300 just in free money. Those easy bets. Those like, oh, we're new state bets. So we're pushing the odds up on this game. Like tonight, the Ohio State-Purdue game, for example. They, they just for both teams combined, they just had to score one point in this game, and it was plus 100 odds. That means if you put $100 down, you win $100 more. So you get your $100 back, and you win $100 more. So that's free money. They're just giving it away. There's so much more of that available to people out there. And when you start to look at some of these games and the way they're affected at the end of these games and the officiating that affects some of these games, you start to ask questions, Greg. Like, I know that the referees aren't allowed to have sports gambling accounts. I know they're not allowed to gamble, whatever. But, you know, Calvin Ridley wasn't allowed to gamble either. Pete Rose wasn't allowed to gamble either. I'm just, <laughs> these, I'm, it's, you can't act like it's not happening. And the thing is, you got referees in the NBA like Tim, what, Tim Donahue a few years ago, where he had openly admitted to fixing games so that he could make money. And now it's legal. And now you see multiple games being affected by one call here, one call there that affects the outcome of a game. To me, it's like, I don't know. Something's kind of getting a little fishy. That's all. Uh, that's all I'll say. So we'll move on from the college football thing. I, I just feel like I want to see how this college football national championship plays out because I do not believe that the NCAA or any of these advertising partners who are putting a lot of money into advertising for the national championship game, I don't believe they want to see a blowout, Greg, because they don't want people tuning out. Right. They want a good game. But and I that do, might happen but I thanks do believe, to the referees. I do believe that you're right. It's going to become a lot more interesting now that the sports gambling is legal. The outcomes of the game mean a lot more when more people can bet money on it. Yes, so. exactly. And there's so, and the access to 
these sports gambling apps are, it's so easy to get into it. It's so easy to, you're already into it. Like I said, I just, within the last five days, I've made $300 in easy money, just on easy bets on different apps. And it's like, well, if that's out there and there's just these easy bets, there's a lot of bets out there that aren't necessarily easy bets, but it's kind of like no brainers. And maybe those outcomes are being affected somehow. And maybe you, know, you look at the outcome and you're like, how did that happen? That should have been a no brainer. Like how did, you know, Luka Doncic not score 20 points in that game last night. And it's like, well, how many people betted on him to have more than 20 points? That's the question that needs to be asked now. You know what I mean? Like, those are questions that I feel like we never asked before, but now we're going to have to start asking when guys have a weird performance, an out-of-character performance. It's like, okay, well, why did you perform so poorly in that game? You're not used to performing like that. You don't do that. You, you're, you're a baller. You know, you always ball out. You're consistent. And on this night, you weren't. What happened? Were you out partying last night? Or did you have somebody that might have tossed you a few few hundred K and hey, help us out. Let's bring down your scoring total a little bit so we can make some money on FanDuel or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I, and I, I hate to insinuate stuff like that, but I'm just saying it's, it's out there. We'll move on. We'll not, we'll move on. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple other things. The Browns commanders game. Uh, one of the, one of the things I want to talk about with that Greggy, you and I did the uh, uh, dog pound press box with Eric. Thought that was that was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun, man. And like like you said, we we're just getting started with that. We got a bunch of ideas that we're still like stirring in the pot here, getting mm -hmm. things ready for that. I think there's some good ideas that we can kind of toss around already. We've been tossing around over the last few days about what we can do with this. Uh, the watch party that the guys have planned for uh the over under boys they have planned for this sunday where are they where's that gonna be at greggy um i think b-dubs but i'm not positive well i don't want to i don't want to say anything for sure if they haven't got it confirmed yet so anyways there there's going to be a watch party this sunday for the uh over under podcast guys after the fantasy focus sunday morning we're coming here coming to studio do the fantasy focus and then <clears throat> they'll go hit the uh, hit the road, head out and do the Brown Steelers watch party. And Greggy, you and I will be in studio. I'm not sure if Eric's going to be joining us or not. I haven't heard whether he is or not. I haven't asked him, but I shoot shoot him a text after tonight and see if he's going to be coming on with us on Sunday. Because uh, that was a, that was a lot of fun. I think we had a fun time, and I'm hoping that he'll be able to come on and join us again. Uh, but that'll be this Sunday. Join us. On the X stream, as we'll be doing the Dog Pound Press Box, where I just do a little play-by-play -play of the game, and we just kind of shoot the shit, talk about whatever, eat some food, hang out. Just, it's fun. It was a fun time this last Sunday, and we're going to have some more fun this Sunday. So tune in. It's the last Browns game of the year. That's the Dog Pound Press Box. But let's talk about that Browns versus Commanders game. Just for a little bit, Greggy, what do you think about Deshaun Watson? I mean, we talked about him at halftime of that game about how, man, it'd be great to see the old Deshaun Watson. How can they get him unlocked? How can they bring that out of him? How can they call more plays to bring out his strengths and what he brings to the table 
Well, that second half looked like uh, maybe they might have went back to the drawing board and figured something out. They definitely found something there in the second half that was a spark that was uh, definitely showed you a little bit, some glimpses of the old Deshaun Watson there. I think what they say, Cooper had, uh, was it three receptions where he averaged 30-some yards of reception in that, yeah. in that game there? I mean, Three catches, 100-and-some yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, how do you get much better than that with a connection to a receiver, let alone he wasn't just the only one, you know? He was firing on all cylinders there in the second half, and – it looked really good. It looked really promising. And, man, I really hope we see some more of that this Sunday. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. And that's, I mean, this is a big week for Steeler fans. Not so much for the Browns. The Browns are out of it. But I feel like they still have pride to play for. You know, you're this is a division game. Um, there's still something to play for if you're a Browns fan. Now, I don't know about the players. I don't know what they're playing for other than money. You know, you hear some of these guys talk, and it's like, they're just in it for themselves. They only care about numbers and sacks and whatever. You know, you see the comments from Jadevi and Clowney earlier about him whining about not being not being able to be against the shitty offensive tackles so he can rack up his sack numbers, even though, you know, he wasn't brought to Cleveland to rack up sacks. He was brought to Cleveland to occupy blockers for Miles Garrett so that he could get sacks. It's the whole idea we brought him here. You know, he's 30 years old. We didn't bring him here to ball out and have double-digit sacks every year. But nevertheless, you know, the Browns-Steelers game, I think, is still a big game for Browns fans. There's still a lot of Browns fans that consider the Steelers a big rival. I'm not one of them. I think you got to win a few more games before you consider it a rivalry. Uh, the Ravens will always be a rival. The, the Browns versus Steelers rivalry was a rivalry before the Browns left. And then the Browns left. They became the Ravens. And then the Ravens and Steelers became rivals, and that's the Browns-Steelers' original rivalry. You need to you need to understand that as Browns fans, and at least I don't you don't have to respect it because it sucks and I can hate it, but you just got to understand that that's what it is. Like as a Browns fan, I've learned to accept that that's the Browns-Steelers rivalry of old. The Ravens and Steelers is now the the rivalry. Like that's the rivalry in the. AFC and the AFC North sent whatever you want to call it. That's the rivalry because it used to be the Browns versus Steelers. They had four years while the Browns were gone to establish that rivalry. And then when the Browns came back, they were an expansion franchise that was joked on, laughed at and stomped on every week for how many years. And they've won how many games against the Steelers since they came back four five. I mean, I, I can count on two hands, maybe how many games they've won against the Steelers. Meanwhile, the Steelers have just absolutely dominated that that rivalry, if you want to call it a rivalry, um, over the last two decades. So I consider the Ravens more of a rivalry because they stole our team. They stole that rivalry from us. And so I consider them more of a rival. That's just my personal opinion, though. As a Browns fan, I've always considered that since I've been young. Obviously, when I before the Browns left, I fucking hated the Steelers. Everybody did. I I still hate the Steelers, trust me, but just not the same. I because I had to watch them destroy my team for so long that it kind of it hurt so bad that I kind of started to respect them. It's kind of like watching Tom Brady so long. You're like, uh, all right, well, I guess I I can't really hate the guy anymore. It's just he just dominates so much. You just kind of got to respect it a little bit. That's kind of where I'm at with the Steelers. Like I don't like the Steelers at all. I hate the Steelers, but I respect them. Respect them as a franchise. They're winning culture. They haven't had a winning, they haven't had a losing season in how long? I mean, they're they're eight and eight. 
right now. And if they win, which I don't think they will, I think the Browns got a good chance to win this Sunday. We'll talk about that in a minute. But if they win this Sunday, Mike Tomlin gets to keep his winning season record intact. But Greg, what do you think about this Sunday? I feel like there's a chance. I feel like there's a glimmer of hope in the air. I hate the Steelers. Mm. <laughs> um, You're allowed to hate the Steelers. We all hate the Steelers. Uh, I think that there's a very good chance because I think that we're not as terrible as we act like we are most mm-hmm, of the time, mm-hmm. play like we are most of the time. But when there's that chance to ruin the season for the Steelers, I mean, that's the only thing we have left as a Browns fan in, th- in this season is to take that from them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's a slim chance for them to get in either way, but if we could beat them and take that from them, ooh, what a little icing on the cake to a terrible season. Oh, I'm all for it, 100%. (laughs) I would love it. That's what I'm hoping for. Obviously, we don't care about draft picks because we don't have them. I think it's definitely definitely a good chance to happen because uh, the Steelers have pulled it out and they've done what they needed to do the last few weeks, but, I mean, they still are not the Steelers of the past. Oh, for sure. You know. For sure. And I, I think that, you know, with TJ Watt back, they're a different team. That's just a different defense. They play different. They play with a different edge. But I still don't have much faith in their quarterback position. I know a lot of Steelers fans love Kenny Pickett. I know he's young. I know he's got some learning to do. And I know he could potentially be a good quarterback. But I don't see franchise in the guy at all. Like the, the, the the game where he had his little moment for the the throw at the end of the game, I love how Steelers fans forget that the dude has still thrown more picks than touchdowns this year. Like I love how Steelers fans like overlook his weaknesses and all the things that he's done wrong this year. Oh, he's just a rookie. He'll learn. He'll be all right. He's okay. He's showing you more than what you want to look at. Like, that's the problem. They don't want to see some of the things that you're seeing with Kenny Pickett. I'm not sold on him. So, I don't know. I feel like this isn't the same Steelers team, like you say, Greggy, that we're used to seeing. Um, George Pickens is a dog. Like, that receiver, he's a dog. I like that dude a lot. Mm -hmm. Um I used to like Deontay Johnson. He's so inconsistent, though. He'll catch a ball, and then he'll drop a ball that you expect him to catch. Um, Reminds me a lot of Braylon Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) Just wasn't as highly drafted. Um, But, no, they. I feel like the Steelers, they're still a good team, but they're not the great team that we've seen them be over the past however many years. You know, like, they're obviously not the same without Big Ben, but I feel like over the last couple of years, they've been kind of fading without him anyways. Um, or with him anyways, I should say. Yeah, in the, um, in the, in the past, I mean, man, if, if you would have said, hey, it's at Pittsburgh, two. their playoff hopes are on the line. Nope. I'd have been like, yeah, they're going to stomp right through. Done. <laughs> yeah. If, if, yeah, you talk like five years ago, even five years ago, six years ago, like when they had the Killer Bees, like you had – Ben Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown. Yeah, dude, they that'd been forty-two to three. Like right, I'm, even with this team, you know, like right, right. And I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm, not, mm. I'm absolutely not saying it can't happen this Sunday. Mm. What I'm saying is I'm not living in fear of it happening. Nope. like I did in the past. No, <laughs> no. And I, I, 
and it's not like an inevitability. I feel like, like that's when five, six, seven years ago, when we were thinking like that, it was like, well, it's inevitable. That's going to happen. Like that's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. And then you watch it happen. You're like, well, I knew it was going to happen. Why am I acting like I'm surprised? We knew what was going to happen. But with this team and the Browns, like with the Steelers and the Browns now, the way they've kind of reversed their culture as well over the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, they're still not a winning culture yet, but they've gotten better. They're making strides. They're getting where they need to be. I mean, they've won eight games or they've won at least seven games in the last three, what, four years now? So, I mean, it's, you're taking strides. You're not in the doldrums. You're not in the basements anymore. So it's, you're getting somewhere, but I feel like this rivalry still has a little bit more, it's got to marinate a little longer. You know what I mean? Before I can really consider this a good rivalry to me as a Browns fan. Right. It's it's a rivalry again when the Steelers fear us. And right mm. now, I don't think that they fear us. It's a rivalry again when both fan bases fear the possibility of a loss. When both fan bases look at it and say, oh, I don't know, you guys could beat us. Yeah, well, you guys could beat us. That's when it's a rivalry again. Because that's when the Steelers and Ravens play. You don't know who's going to win. You just know that they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, that's that's all you know. You know they're going to be the next team that plays them is probably going to win because they get the shit kicked out of each other. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, I'm ready for this game as a Browns fan. I hope they put up a fight. I hope the Browns come away with a win. It'd be great to see. Um, I think they have a chance. I think Vegas thinks they have a chance. Do you see the sports books all have the Steelers as a two and a half point favorite? They always give three points to a home team. That means there's a chance. They think that the Browns have a chance to win this game. So I don't know. I just, I'm throwing that out there. You know, like that. I feel like this is a game that the Steelers need to win, but they also know that a lot of things need to go their way in order for them to make the playoffs. I think it's what the Jets have to win against the Patriots, I think. Yeah, and the, I, think, I think the Bills and, have to beat, is it the Bills beat the Patriots? And uh, the Jets beat, are the Dolphins, Jets beat, somebody yeah, beats the Dolphins, somebody I think beats Bills them. beat the Dolphins, and then the Jets beat the Patriots yeah, I can't is what remember they who need. plays who, but I remember. They're not going to be able to depend on the Jets beating the Patriots. That's not going to happen, or what vice versa. However it is, you're not going to be able to depend on the Jets, Steelers fans. I'm just, I'm just. Throwing that out there. They're not going to win. The Jets are not going to win. They, they're they awful. Um, but no, I just, I see this game as the Steelers need this, but I don't really feel like this is that game that they want. I, I, they always want to, I'm not trying to say, it's just so weird for me to try to word this because I feel like obviously both teams want to win this game. But the Steelers, they've got a little bit more on the table, obviously with the playoff seating and the possibility of them making the playoffs. But I feel like the Browns have like an edge in this game for some reason. I don't know why. It just feels like the Browns have like this unknown factor of, well, if Deshaun Watson shows up like the second half, Deshaun Watson shows up, they could win this game by two touchdowns. That's what they did against the Commanders. 
I'm just saying, like, you don't know what you're going to get with this Browns team. you got a pretty good idea what you're going to get with the Steelers team. And if the right Browns team shows up on Sunday, that defense has been shutting teams down these last few weeks. They've been showing up. Defense has been playing good. If that offense shows up that showed up in the second half of that Commanders game, just saying. that It, it could be a uh, fun day for Browns fans. I'd love to be able to see Deshaun Watson put together a complete game, first and second half, and you know, have himself a ball game. I think that'd be an ideal situation for Browns fans. Uh, going into the offseason is him having a good game. You don't have to worry so much about the what if. Is he gonna be that guy again? What if he had, what if he never is? You know, what if he doesn't return to form? You know, I still think the guy's what, 27 years old? Have a little patience. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. Uh, so yeah, once again, Brown Steelers Week over under watch party. Tune into the over under podcast page for that, for the details on that one. And then uh, Dog Pound Press Box, tune in right here on Heart of Ohio Sports on the X stream for that. That's the uh, little bit of a uh, watch along, I guess. Watch along is what we like to call it, as opposed to <laughs> play by play. Um, yeah, we talked about the betting now uh, legal in Ohio. Greggy, did you do any free bets? I have not yet, actually. No? Uh, I, have, I haven't gotten signed up for anything yet. There's so much of those, like, like I was mentioning earlier, there's those, like, free bets it's basically like free money that's what's gonna pull me into it because Mm -hmm. i keep seeing a lot of that a lot of those easy bets where it's like you you can't lose well like like literally you can't lose the browns (laughs) commanders game uh i had money on where they just needed one passing yard between the two teams (laughs) and it was plus a hundred odds so i won a hundred dollars by putting a hundred dollars on it was like a maximum bet of a hundred dollars but I won $100 by putting money on it. It was like easy, like gimme money, pretty much easy. But then the Bills uh, Bengals game, same thing. It was one point scored by both teams combined. So it was like, well, as soon as one team scores, you're going to get your money. It was a max $50 bet. I put 50 bucks on, I won 50 bucks. And it was as soon as the points were scored, they didn't, they, they, the money's still on my account. They haven't taken it off. Right. The only way you lose that bet is a zero, zero tie. Exactly. Like, come on. (laughs) So, and then tonight I put money on the Ohio State Purdue game, one point scored between both teams. So it's like they're, they want you to put money on this thing so you can win money and then you feel good about it. And then you start putting more money on there. And then you start losing money because you're like, oh, well, this bet seems like a no-brainer. And then this bet seems like a no. Oh, well, it's not so much of a no-brainer. Yeah. What happened? Oh, he has on the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, they he put up 40 last night, so he's not going to put up 30 tonight. You know, like, it's just there's certain things that I feel like these they're trying to lure you in with these free bets to make you think that you know what you're doing but you really don't like people. And, and it's just going to be an easy way for people to throw. Oh, away yeah. money. It's definitely a psychology. To use that's, that's all when it, it is. comes to betting, like make you feel like a winner, get you to play more, get you to spend more, get so, you to bet more, get you to lose more. Just saying <laughs> folks, be careful, be careful. So, uh, sign up with Betfred If you haven't already find the over under podcast page, use the QR code to sign up and, uh, you'll get some free money. I believe it's, uh, you put $50 in and you get $55 match, something like that. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. 
check out the web, check out their page for uh, more details. Go find the QR code. Uh, once again, that's Betfred, one of the oldest sports books in existence. It is, uh, it's, it's one that's used over in the UK a lot. And it's one that Mattress Mac used to place his $75 million bet on the Astros to win the World Series. So it is a legit sports book. Make sure you check it out beforehand and make sure you gamble responsibly. Only gamble with what you want to throw away. Like if you got free money that you, you're like, oh, well, this would have went to ice cream or this would have went to maybe a candy bar or something at the, at the gas station or something, you know, like whatever, 20 bucks here, 10 bucks here, five bucks there. It's not a big deal. Be careful when you get into these big bets. You get into the 50, 100, 200, $300 bets, like you get any more than that, like you really got to be careful, especially if you don't have that money to gamble with. So make sure you got your stuff paid. Gamble while you're ahead. That's all. That's all I'll say. All right, so we got to talk about this, Greggy, this DeMar Hamlin injury. Um, that was probably one of the scariest things I've seen on national television now. We're wa I'm watching this unfold. We were going to do a podcast Monday night, but the guys, we were still in holiday mode, I, I swear. It was like the day after New Year's Day, and nobody really wanted to do anything. It was like, I'll, I'll zoom in if you want. Yeah, I can zoom in too. Yeah, nobody wanted to come in studio. So I'm like, all right, well, we just won't do a podcast this week. We'll do one next week. We'll get back at it with the Pulse next Monday. But I'm kind of glad we didn't do a podcast, man, because... I don't know how I would have reacted to that live on during a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was something that uh, mm. out, of, out of the usual for sure. Like it's not, you know, like we see injuries all the time, but that's that's not what happened on Monday night. Like it wasn't a broken leg. It wasn't a sprain. It wasn't, a, you know, oh somebody hit their head and they're gonna take them out on the stretcher just to be safe. Like mm. that was some real serious, like serious, serious stuff to happen. <sighs> yeah. Never seen anything like that before in a live sporting event. Um I played football in Michigan as a freshman. It was year two thousand. It was a year after my mom died. And well actually it was nineteen ninety nine. It would have been the year that my mom died. So that would have been the fall of ninety nine. Um, I was a freshman, and it wasn't nearly this bad, but they had to bring an ambulance onto the field because they I think the kid had a seizure during the game or something, but it was one of the scariest moments of my life watching this kid fall, and just like that, just like that happened on TV, it happened just like that in front of me during a game. It was a JV game, but it scared the living shit out of me to where I just kind of froze and I didn't know what to do. And then like, I just started waving towards the coaches and everybody, and they trainers came over and took care of him. And they literally, the ambulance had to come onto the field to take him off the field. Cause I think he pretty sure he had a seizure. Like, I don't remember it was player from the other team. So I, it was like, I don't really know what happened after that, but that was a scary moment for me personally. So that, I mean, when I watched that happen on television, as soon as he fell out, I was like, well, somebody's got to get on this right now. Like, this is, it's serious. And you could see the look on the players' faces. Like, the way these guys were reacting. It was within the minute that it happened, the minute he hit the ground, all of a sudden you see EMTs start to, you know, the trainers are calling the EMTs over, and then the players start to kind of form a huddle around him 
And then you start to see the reactions of some of the players. It was that within that minute, minute and a half, two minutes afterwards, it's like the reality starts to set in. And then they start going to commercial. They went to commercial, what, three times, Greg? Well, it was something like that, yeah. All I know is I damn near watched a dude die on television, and the NFL's like, whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs> Swear. <favorite> like, <laughs> like this, they played like 20 commercials in a row in like a five-minute period. In like that nine minutes that he was on the ground, I swear they went to commercial four times. Like, let's play the Bills. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying I to mean, make light of the situation, but it's just like, dude, for I kind of think that like even even in some aspects, you got to think that they were probably still taken back a little bit by like, well, what do we do here? Like, oh yeah, you used to like I said, you used to injuries and stuff, but like this was a very like something's very very wrong, and this oh, is not something sure. you want cameras on at all. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. Know, you know, you know, you like, you know, somebody hurts themselves. Usually it's not that big of a deal. You just got to take care of the situation and move on with the game. And you can just show the sidelines, show the fans, show the coaches. But like in this moment, everybody was just so, you know, so emotionally taken back by what was happening on the yeah. field. That it's just like, well, what do you put on camera? Exactly. You know, like, so like, I think, yeah, well, they, did, they did what they, they, they were like, all right, well, we just got a bunch of commercials to play. We'll do this. And then they were just kind of like, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> and then they went back to the studio. <laughs> yeah. They're like, ah, oh, we'll just send it back to the studio. And then it was just, can you imagine being a fan at that game? Because they don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think I read some reports where people said that they had found out what was happening via text messages from people and stuff. Yeah. Texting them saying, this is what's happening on TV and stuff. Because like. I guess Paul Brown Stadium's Wi-Fi is awful, I heard. <laughs> their their internet is horrible at the stadium. So people weren't able to actually like get on Twitter or you know Instagram or anything. Like they couldn't read what was going on from you know any kind of outlets. So it was oh, like yeah. and you imagine right then the <sighs> traffic from everybody at the same time oh pulling out their phones God. and trying to look at that stuff. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, you were gonna get nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, you know, you and I both know about traffic with cell phones, everybody <laughs> trying to use their phones at the same time. Yeah. And that's nothing compared to that crowd. Right. Like <laughs> we were trying to compete with like 3000 people. I can't imagine 70,000. Like, geez. And like every single one of those people, you know, every as soon as single one happened. of them was on the phone. Yep. 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 Like, it's just one of those very <sighs> scary moments that you hope to never have to see or be a part of yourself on the field. And like, yeah. Yeah, man, that that was just that they, was something else. I think they made the right call because yeah. yep. you know, after the, after everything that happened, it's like how can you even think about playing the game right then? Oh, for sure. Like, and you know, you I don't know witness? where Ugh. I don't know where Joe Buck was getting his information about they were coming back in five minutes. You know, they were going to get five minutes to warm up and then they're going to get play or whatever. I don't know where he was getting that from. But he obviously was fed that information from someone. Someone gave him that information somehow. But regardless, he, I feel like, you know, there was a certain time in that game where, or w during that whole fiasco where it was kind of like, all right, you know they're not going to play this game. You know they're just going to be done with this. Because you start looking at some of the faces, the players, and then you see the coaches. And I, I got to give big ups to both coaches, especially the Bengals coach, because the Bengals coach was basically like, no, we're not playing this game. And you guys need to get your guys, get all your stuff, and, and go. Like, go be with your guy. And, I mean, I never... 
I'm not saying that I didn't respect Zach Taylor, but I just didn't know Zach Taylor as a coach or as a person very much before this incident. I think a lot of people, their eyes have been opened of what kind of a person he really is since this incident. And, you know, obviously it's a stage where he's not comfortable to be on. He doesn't, he didn't ask to be on this stage, but given the circumstances, I think he's done an outstanding job in this situation of just being stoic, being, you know, a, a person of leadership, someone to look for or someone to look to, uh, especially, you know, for the players and for, you know, players for both teams have both come out and said how, you know, they have nothing but respect for the way he, he handled that situation because essentially, you know, Sean McDermott and his team were in shock and they were just like basically going through the motions of, okay, I guess we're going to play this. All right. I guess we're going to have to do this. Okay. And you could tell Zach Taylor kind of stepped forward and was like, no, we're not doing this. This is not happening. We're not playing this game. And that's when things, cause that's when Zach Taylor walked across the field that's when things kind of changed as far as the tone of like you did the, that's when Joe Buck made mention the players aren't moving they're, they're they're telling us it's five they get five minutes to warm up but they're nobody's moving down here it's like yeah because they're not gonna move they're done they're not gonna play like we're not playing this game so I don't know I do know that in the aftermath of this there's been some pretty bad takes man um obviously skip Bayless in the moment with his tweet. Now there's been a lot of people that kind of defend him since saying, well, you didn't read the last line. You people don't know how to read. People don't know how to read. Well, if you go back and read his actual tweet, it's not really that much better. I mean, like I'll say this, man, like, yeah, I've seen a couple of people's defense of it saying, well, I don't see what he said wrong. He said this, and he meant this, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like, I just don't see it that way. Like, I, I respect your opinion. I get that, like, especially text can be taken in multiple ways, but, you know, wording matters to me, and it just seemed like the way that he worded it was in bad taste, and the other thing to me is it's just like, <laughs> obviously, I'm not the only one that took it that way. I've seen a, a lot of people took it the way that was apparently not the right way to take it, according to Skip. And like you know, what they say? They, didn't they say that the fox made him come out and and, and uh, explain the tweet or whatever? And like, but then he was like, "Oh, they didn't make me do that. They didn't make me do that." But it's like, okay, well then, if you didn't think you said anything wrong and they didn't make you explain it, what was the purpose of the explanation of trying to? No, this is what I meant when I said that. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I, it was, I thought it was a terrible wording, regardless if that's what you meant or not. Exactly. And the, the, I think the but how is the part that everybody kind of was like, well, that's you're not. What are you doing? Like, what are you trying to say? He's like, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. And it's like, yeah. well, if you really want to read the tone of it. Yeah, yeah. He's basically <laughs> saying like, oh, well, now all of a sudden this just seems so irrelevant because of what happened. Yeah, that the way that I took it, this is just the way that I took it. But the way that I read that is he's saying, of course, they're going to think about postponing or whatever the outcome of this game. But how could you do that when you're this late in the season with such an important game? 
But I guess that doesn't matter anymore. That's how I took it. Yeah. Like, that he was saying, like, I guess that just doesn't matter, you know, the entire season's on the line, so whatever, we just won't play this game. And it's like, uh, Skip, I think you, I honestly think he just jumped the gun, jumped on Twitter before he realized the magnitude of the situation. I think he is one of those guys that is always trying to keep his name in everybody's mouths, regardless of how it gets there. He's the same way as Stephen A. Smith was for a long time. Stephen A's kind of calmed down a little bit more recently, but Skip is all shock. Dude, I He's just like wanna, I just a shock see, jock. I just want to see Shannon Sharp punch him so bad. <laughs> I think everybody wants to see oh that. Oh my God. And I mean He's just the most like agitating, irritable human being. Like I think we need to see certain personalities duke it out in some way, shape, or form. Like, wouldn't you like to see Skip Bayless and Max Kellerman duke it out? <laughs> like, there's there's similar body structures. So just see these guys, like, or, you know, Skip Bayless and, like, Colin Cowherd. Like, oh, man, that'd be oh, fun man. to watch. You oh, know, yeah. they're both turds. Nobody likes either one of them. Just watch them duke it out in a cage match. Oh, that'd be sweet. Wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd pay for it. But no, then you had Bart Scott basically um, without accusing T. Higgins of injuring DeMar Hamlin. He pretty much said that the NFL is going to start looking at how T. Higgins fought for extra yards, essentially, in that situation, Greg, because he lowered his shoulder too hard and hit the defender too hard. So now what about running backs who no, lower their shoulder? I what about a running back who lowers his head? I didn't see a damn thing wrong with that play. It's just one of those it's just one of those things, man. I just man, I don't know, man. I, I you know, shit happens like it it's a freak accident type of thing and like you can't sit there and say, "Well, that guy purposely did this and he shouldn't have done that because he did this and that caused that." Like, no, dude, he was just they were just playing a game of football. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I watched that, the whole segment of him kind of talking about it, and I'm like, well, I guess you could say on one hand, yes, you got a point. But on the other hand, it's like, I feel like he's just talking out his ass because he wants a different viewpoint. You know, like I feel like sometimes that's what happens when you have a 24-hour news cycle with sports. It's such a niche cycle and now they've become such a tmz shock culture like this bullshit i don't know the way that espn is now it's just more about shock value than anything so they want these extravagant or these you know these whatever ridiculous takes because it gets more people talking about it you know and they want these people to fight on air because, well, you can't just both agree with each other the whole time. What kind of a fun pod or what kind of a fun sports program would that be? If, you know, if say Shannon and skip just always agreed with each other the whole time, would anybody watch that? No. Right. And it's the same way with like Stephen A. Smith. If, if people came on his show and just agreed with him, Nobody would watch. That's why they like that mad dog guy that just screams because they scream at each other and it's hilarious. And it's, I don't know. It, I watched that kind of stuff and I'm like, it's not even, there's no context. There's no sports. It's just 
don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just TMZ to me anymore. You know, <laughs> like I feel like with Bart Scott, with that comment, I don't even know if he was really saying that because when he talks, sometimes you see him talk. He talks with conviction when he's talking from the heart. You can, you can look at that dude. If he to, he's looking into a camera. He's talking. You can tell that dude means exactly what he says. Can't wait. You know what I mean? Like that dude is speaking from the heart. When he was talking about that dude, you could tell it almost seemed forced. And when I'm watching the clips back, I'm like, is he even saying that? Or is that ESPN saying we need somebody on the other side, Bart? We can't have everybody agreeing with this because nobody's watching. It's been two days of us talking about the same thing. We need somebody to have a different stance. Can you take the sword? Can you fall on the grenade to have a different stance? That way we can have more people talking about us, make, make more people watch your show because now people are going to watch what, what show is Bart Scott on. Now I got to watch this show because it's garbage, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist. and I think about shit like that all the time and like try to spin shit. I'm a spin doctor is more like it. Like I just try to find a spin for everything, but I don't know. When I saw that clip and I saw the way he was talking, I'm like, it didn't look very real to me because I'm pretty good at reading body language. Bart Scott is a passionate dude. And that didn't look like a very passionate speech. It looked like he was just kind of going through the motions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's, I did want to talk about a couple other things. Um, there's some weird news articles I had that I wanted to kind of talk with you about. Um, have you ever been to a New Year's fireworks show, Greggy? A New Year's fireworks show? Yeah, like a New Year's Eve where like at New Year's, like at midnight, they have like fireworks. I don't believe that I have, but that sounds awesome, and I'm kind of mad that I haven't. Well, you know, <laughs> there was a town. Let's see. Where is this at? Scarborough, North Yorks. They have an annual fireworks show. They do it every year. Except this year, they couldn't do it because they had to put it all on hiatus due to a walrus interrupting their show. Now, what do you think the walrus, why, why, why would a walrus affect them uh, not being able to <laughs> well, have a I, fireworks show? I, I might have just scrolled over <laughs> the link there and... Uh... Spoiled it for myself <laughs> 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 and our audience because I'm showing them right behind us right now what we're looking at here. So well, what happened here, Nate? I'm gonna scroll back up here. <laughs> you know, they didn't really want to have the fireworks show because parents had to cover their children's eyes when the two-ton beast appeared to perform a solo sex act on the slipway on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. He was giving himself a handy or a. Fl flippery, whatever you think. <laughs> How did they call that? What are those things? How is it even possible? Mm. I think <laughs> David Attenborough might have missed that in uh, Blue Planet. I don't know. That was uh, something I saw, and I'm like, you know, like the, the New Year's fireworks thing sounds like a fun time. I think that'd be cool. I think that <coughs> needs to be a thing 
here in Tiffin. We could totally do something like that. I think that'd be fun to go with the tree lighting ceremony. Maybe we just shoot off a couple fireworks over by the East Green or something. That'd be cool. There's a. We wouldn't me, have to worry about any walruses here. Do you want me to play the video? Or look yes. The video? Yes, I do want you to play the video. Absolutely. Is there sound? Let's see. We're gonna find out. Does it sound like it macaroni sounds and cheese dead. being stirred? <laughs> go on, kid. Good <laughs> carry on it. <laughs> Yes, go on, <laughs> Disgusting. That's, that's inappropriate. That's highly inappropriate. Yes. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Hey, man, when you got to go, you got, I mean, just take care of it. Take care of things, you know? Bum, bum, bum. We can't leave one in the chamber, right? I guess not. Got to, got to, got to unload that chamber. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, so you know, have you seen these VR games, Greggy? Any of these? Uh, you get down on VR at all? Um, I have seen them. I would like to, but I have not. Okay, I so I, I'll admit, um, last year. That's rich people fun, man. Well, one of my coworkers, <laughs> I guess. So, Isaac got one for Christmas at his mom's house. And I was telling my coworker about how he had one at his mom's house and how he wanted one at my house. I'm like, I'm not getting you one for both places. You're not going to get one at your mom's and here. And I'm like, that's just ridiculous. You don't need one at both places. Well, he decided to go ahead and buy him one. So one of my coworkers bought Isaac one of the Oculus Quest 2s last year for Christmas. So he he plays it. He gets down. Um... And there's some there's some weird stuff about it, you know. Like I I had to set it up for him, and just putting it on is weird because you have to set up your little zone and like it's just awkward. But coming out of that life is just is weird. Like going into it is weird because you have to get acclimated. But then when you come back out, it's like whoa, holy, everything's weird now. I got to get back reacclimated to the real world. So it takes a little bit of an adjustment, right? Well. I saw this story and there's a game that's coming out. It's a comedy shooter called high on life. And it's one of those VR games. There's a bug in this game that traps players inside an outer space version of the restaurant Applebee's. <laughs> now this is a game that's created by the Rick and Morty co-creator, Justin Roiland's Squanch Games. It's a crude, wacky, over-the-top, zany riot of color and sound that either delights or annoys you, depending on your personal tolerance for which is wacky or you're nor zany. But... Yeah, I think Tommy told me about this game before, yeah. and we were excited to play it, and then found out that it only came out on Xbox or something like that. It was an exclusive title. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, it's one of those realistic games, and... I don't know. The bug reports started just after the release, but honestly, they're pretty hilarious. Like, here's one of them. Hope y'all can fix the space Applebee's glitch getting stuck when the sister leaves with the boyfriend. Says, I too spiral into depression with my, when my sister leaves with her new boyfriend and do not want to exit the Applebee's. Game is realistic. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so good. That's, that's just awesome. <laughs> Uh, there's another one here. 
Let's see. The Tesla. Oh, man, this is a great one. So have you seen these, these new Teslas? How, like, they're pretty much saying that they the autopilot is... This year should be pretty much perfected, Greg. Like, the new autopilot feature for... They're rolling out the Tesla semis and, like, the new Tesla truck and all these different Teslas that are coming out are supposed to be fully autonomous. They're supposed to be... The autopilot feature should be... You should be able to... Once you get onto a high, now obviously there's not not fully autonomous yet. Like you can't just get in the car and push a button and go where you want to go. But it's it's getting there. It's really close. Now, what happens when you have a situation like this? Police in Germany say they had quite the time attempting to pull over a Tesla driver who had fallen asleep behind the wheel. Traffic officers tailed the electric vehicle for about 15 minutes on Wednesday while on the country's Autobahn. Yes, this happened in Germany. After signaling for a traffic stop with repeated horns and sirens, the guy just set his cruise on the Autobahn and fell asleep. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that would make the trip go fast, I guess. I just, I don't think you can do that, man. So they're saying that... Um, he did not respond to stop signals or repeated horns from the officers. The Tesla vehicle noticeably maintained a speed of 110 kilometers per hour, which is about 68 miles per hour. Uh, the driver of the car apparently was asleep at the time. Officers found that the Tesla driver was reclining in the seat with his eyes closed and his hands off the steering wheel. Now, come on. Here's the thing. That's what I'm told this is all for. So if we're not allowed to do this, then why are we doing it? Like, what are we doing this for? If we can't just fall asleep and we're, if we can't just trust the car to take us where we're supposed to go, we push a button. We, this is Jetsons, right? Like we're just <laughs> jump in the car and push the button and come on. Like I just, what are we doing here? I guess we got to crawl before we can walk. We got to walk before we can run. We got to run before we can fly, right? Like maybe that's the where we're going with this, but I just. To me, I see this and I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, why can't we? I don't know. Whatever. What do you think about this, Greggy? I am so far away from a time of owning a vehicle that would drive itself that I don't even like, I don't even, this ain't even on my radar of things that I think about. What, your I'm Kia just, wouldn't drive itself? Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Grog machine? No, I don't think no? any of I don't think any of those things would drive themselves. <laughs> Not that they could drive as good as me anyways. But, <laughs> but I mean. Here's the thing. If you ever got to that point, would you ever trust autopilot? Or you would just be like, no, I'm just going to drive it. I'm, I don't need that feature. Yeah, I'm not very trustworthy of, like, human beings. <laughs> I was going to say, driving, you so. barely even trust anybody to drive you to the store, dude. It's like, I don't know about all that, man. <laughs> but it doesn't It doesn't surprise me at all that that's what people were w would go with this. It's like, hey, this car drives itself? Cool, I'm going to take a nap, whatever. <laughs> like, you, 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 you had to know it was coming. Like, this, these things were going to happen. Says the 45-year-old driver of the Tesla eventually woke up and followed police instructions. It said the police noted the man showed typical drug typical abnormalities during the checkup. So and he might have been just maybe he fired up a fat blunt and just dozed off. I mean, it's a weed nap, you know. <laughs> Autopilot. <laughs> it's comfy in here. Ooh, sleepy. 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 <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, here's another one. 
So if you get snowed in, say you're like driving out and it just like dumps on you, a bunch of snow and you get stuck in your car. Are you just going to stay in your car and wait to die? Or are you going to go figure out if you can see, find somewhere to go? Man, it's, it's, you know, it's so easy to say I would or wouldn't do this or that until you're in that actual situation. And so it's, it's really hard to say, like, I definitely wouldn't want to stay there, but depending on like how much snow we're talking about, if I, if I open my car door and it's like up to my waist, where am I going? Where am I going? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so the reason I ask is there was a, there was an incident in New York over Christmas break. It says a 35 year old man got stuck in a snowbank while driving on a state highway on Christmas Day near Brownville, a small town near the Canadian border. Uh, the area had been pummeled by a blizzard, leaving several feet of snow behind. It says according to police, it appears as though the man then spent the next two days inhabiting General Brown High School, located nearby. He snacked on food from a concession stand, cooked in a home economics classroom, and shot hoops in the gymnasium. <laughs> At one point, he left the school to return to a snowbound vehicle, an SUV. He got stuck in an SUV, <laughs> but discovered that it had disappeared, according to the police. When he called city officials, he was told that the car had been towed and to get in touch with the towing company. Instead, the man returned to the school and decided to stay for another day. <laughs> it's like, nah. Uh, you guys can have it. I don't want the car. I'm just going to stay here at the school. I like the spot better. <laughs> well, I mean, they, this was around the time that we got <coughs> hammered pretty good here, right? Because I'm pretty sure that they got some real, real, oh. real, real strong blizzard stuff in New York. Yeah, in New like, York and Buffalo, they got hammered feet of snow. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw, you know, take it for what it's worth. These are like TikTok videos or reels or whatever you want to call them that I've seen these things on. But like... I saw one, I think, about a, a guy, similar story to this, that a guy was helping a bunch of, uh, like, elderly people and stuff that were stuck in their cars. He, like, broke into a school, got everybody in there into, like, warm conditions and stuff and out of the weather and, like, left a little note on a thing saying, hey, sorry, I had to break the window out, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it was just, like, a feel-good story. <laughs> but then on the other side of that, I saw a story about a story about somebody who passed away in their car <sighs> in the blizzard. Yeah, man. That's like, awful. Yeah, and that's just like it's just such a sad, terrible thing that you don't think is a reality until you get stuck in a blizzard that you've never seen before, you Man. know, and, and snow that you've never seen before, where where people just can't get to you, and, and you know, it takes days and days to get anything cleared out. It's, it gets it's real out there, man. It's scary stuff. Yeah, like I, I was I was a little nervous when you started this story. I thought that's where you're going, and I was like, oh no, no, oh no, not another one. No. <laughs> No, and it gets worse. Um, afterwards, the man, he's a resident of Watertown, he made off with the school's <laughs> snowplow truck. What? Yes. He was later you found. You ain't no Robin Hood. Yeah, no, it gets even worse. <laughs> Hang on. He was later found about five miles away inside a Watertown general store while attempting to steal thousands of dollars worth of firearms and hunting, trapping, camping, and fishing gear on December 27th. The stolen plow truck was spotted parked outside. He had been loading all the looted gear on a sled close to an exit, police said. <laughs> this episode was called, which the police dubbed Blizzard Burglary Blitz Bust. 
<laughs> Say that ten times fast. <laughs> I had to stop myself. It resulted in the man being charged with two counts of burglary, one count of grand larceny, attempted grand larceny, and three counts of criminal mischief and possession of burglar's tools, police said. He was arraigned on county court December 27th, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty crazy. But, I mean, except for the end part, like the school, here's the thing. If I get trapped and I'm right next to a school, I'm not going to hang out in the car and die. I'll go hang out in that. I will totally go break into that school and go hang out in the gym, shoot some hoops. Hell yeah, I'll go. I'll make myself right at home. But. But then after that, I'll make it look like I was never there. I'll clean up after myself. And then when I when I leave to go find my car, I'm damn sure not going to turn around and come spend another night. Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> Forget the tow truck. I'm just going to steal the plow truck here. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it sounds to me like from the way the story unfolded, it sounds like, you know, got stuck in the snow, went, got into the school, and got shelter, whatever. And then I feel like he came out and was like, hey, you know, uh, I totally did that. I totally got away with it. Nobody said anything. Yep. Nobody's done anything. And it's chaos right now because there's a blizzard out here. Yep. So then he took the truck and then he went around to just started hitting up places thinking he was going to get a bunch of free junk, man. He, he thought he was going to steal everything because it was too bad outside. That nobody was going to catch him. Like, that's exactly what was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> he was just taking advantage of the situation mm -hmm. and uh, got a little, little bit too greedy there and got himself caught. <laughs> Uh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's, I think you're right, Greg. I think that's pretty much exactly what happened in that situation. So, uh, you know, like I said, the first part I can, I can identify with that, but then after that, I, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. The whole stealing the truck and then going to steal a bunch of shit from a local store right. and like all that other stuff. Like, nah, I'm not down with that. It's like, like you did something for the good and then realized, Hey, I can get away with this. So I'm just going to keep doing stuff. Now I did hear <laughs> another story about a guy who um, there was people that were stranded in their vehicles and he was driving a snowplow and he found these people trapped in their vehicles and he broke into a school, but he put these people in a school, these people that were trapped in their vehicles. He like drove them to the school, dropped them off at the school so that they had a place, like a hot place or a warm place to stay and then like he cooked them meals. They had like a shower at the, in the gym, you know, they like whatever they had access to all the things they needed there. There were older people that were stuck in their cars. Mm -hmm. I read a story about that. And I was like, that's really cool. So, I mean, there's always stories on both sides of the coin, you know, like there's right. the feel good stories and then there's these, you know, he didn't have to steal anything. <laughs> <laughs> feel good. And the steal good kind, you know, <laughs> still not so good. Yeah. Not so good. Not so good. <laughs> Uh, so last one I got here. Um, so did you see the outdoor wedding that got interrupted by the bear mauling a moose? Oh my God. No. Uh, yeah, this is good. It, it's a short video. I just figured we could watch this one. Um, it's on TikTok. It's been over 48 million views already, but these people scheduled their wedding and it's at Glacier National Park. And they were getting married in nature in August. And what do you think is going to happen at Glacier National Park in August? Well, nature just reared its ugly head. <laughs> this bear completely mauls a moose as these people are getting married. It's 
pretty vicious. <laughs> this moose is like kicking in the water and like. Uh, you want me to play it here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me see if I got lined up here in the right spot. Yeah, that'll work. Cool, cool, cool. You missed during your wedding. The grizzly bear Seriously? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's probably a little bit distracting. Like, can you imagine being like the flower girl or like one oh of the little God. kids at this wedding, seeing that go down? You're like, uh, mom, what's what's that? What's Winnie the Pooh doing over there? <laughs> what's happening over there? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a weird episode of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> God. Oh man, uh, that's pretty much it for the uh, the news articles that I found. Um, I got a couple things here. I wanted to just kind of tease something for the next episode. I don't think we're gonna get into this one this episode, but um, I got a hold of something. I went on Amazon and I found this little this little grab bag, and it's got a bunch of Japanese candy in it. And I'm talking like a bunch of different stuff. I don't even know what this stuff is even. But I'd love to sit down and try it with you guys. And we'll just do a little sample of all of this stuff live on the air. And it's all kinds of different stuff. There's candy. There's some kind of looks like cheese ball snack here. There's what looks like. Lo mein noodles, I don't know, like oyster cracker looking things. And then there is like, I don't even know, cream sandwich crackers. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff in here. Um, and then there's stuff that I don't even know what's in here because it literally feels like a giant cheese poof. But... There's no explanation as to what it could be. It looks like Kirby fighting something on the front of this package. I don't know. Like, there's all kinds of stuff in here. I think there was 24 different items in total. So we'll try that out on the episode of The Pulse on Monday. <sighs> so, Greggy, one last thing here before we wrap things up. Have you seen these? I just saw those today. And yeah. I texted you immediately, and I was like, we better have some of this. We're going to have some. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and try these bad babies out. So if you're not familiar, uh, MST Sauce Company, if you've had the dry rub chips already, we've talked about those, the Ball Rights MST Sauce Company collaboration. The first edition was dry rub. It's a, a seasoning that Madison's created, and they sprinkle on pretty much anything that you want it on at Madison's. Well, this is a little bit different because they took one of their sauces and they envisioned it as a spice. And so they created these, which is the Griff seasoned chips. So this is a Griff seasoning. They have a Griff sauce, which is the mix of their creamy garlic parm and their hot garlic parm sauces. So it's like a nice in the middle sauce. Not really that hot at all. It's got a little bit of a kick for people that, like Greggy would probably think it's spicy, but <laughs> it's not really that hot. Um, but this, these chips remind me of 
cheddar and sour cream chips, but with like a little bit of a twang to them, I guess. They're different. I like them. I like them a lot. Um, and I think you're going to like them too, Greggy. I'll give you a little sample here. Let you try them out. Just reach to the computer screen here. That's what I was planning on doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's been working on he's been working on these grift chips for a while. Um, this was one that honestly I feel like took a little bit longer than the dry rub seasoning because the seasoning for the dry rub was already created. We just had to perfect the ratio of all the seasonings. This was not created. This was something that they had to create. Now, I will say it, it doesn't exactly taste like the Griff sauce, but it's about as close as you can get. I'm serious. Like, about as close as you can get to Griff sauce. Mmm. What would you compare the flavor to, Greg? I'm trying it right now. I would say, in my opinion, because you can see, let's see if I can get a good one here with some good seasoning on it. It's got like an orange season, an orange color to the seasoning. That's what color the sauce is. But then there's like the little green flecks on the outside to replicate the ranch. And for those of you who see this bag and you say to yourself, why is there a warning on the bag? Well, in California, they make you put a warning label on just about anything. But it's mainly, the only reason why it's on this bag is the material of the bag itself. It has nothing to do with the chips. The chips, there's nothing wrong with the chips at all. It's the bag. It's more, more specifically, it's the ink in the bag that they are concerned about with this. So, but no, I, for this, Greg, I didn't, honestly, it's not dry rub. Don't compare it to dry rub. Let it be its own chip. Because if you try to compare it to dry rub, well, the dry rub chips are just their own thing. They stand on themselves. They're phenomenal. They're really good. These have more of a... I don't know. This is different. They're not dry rub. But I feel like if you let them be their own thing and you didn't and you've never tried the dry rub chips and you just grabbed a bag of these off the sh off the shelf, you'd never had anything from Madison's, you'd never had anything from, and you just tried these as a chip, I would probably grab a second bag of these. Just being honest, I'd probably go back to that store and get another bag the next, when that's the next time I wanted a snack. I'd go back for more of these. 
They're delicious. I'd say fair assessment, review. I'm a little biased because I work there. I work at MST. I've worked there for, it'll be 15 years in May that I've worked there. But I will say <clears throat> they're not as good as the dry rub. But on their own merit, they stand by themselves. I give it a solid 8.5. I would say these are these are top of the line chips. Top of the line. <clears throat> and when I say 8.5, like that's a good, that's a solid score for me. Like you're not getting a 10. The dry rub chips are a nine. Like you're not getting a 10 from me unless you absolutely like it's the best chip I've ever tasted in my life and it makes me cry. Like I'm I'm just a I'm a food critic. I don't like the word foodie, but I, I do like to consider myself a little bit of a food connoisseur. Like obviously we all eat food. Everybody eats fucking food, but <laughs> like <clears throat> I feel like my taste buds are a little bit more distinguished, and that's why I, I won't give a 10 unless they absolutely earn it. These, solid, eight and a half. Go grab a bag. I did see, where they at? Mollyettes? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. I think that's the one you shared with yep. me. Um, they are at a couple different stores already. You can grab them at Madison Street Tavern. Go check it out yourself. MST Pub. Um, stop by and see me for lunch tomorrow. I'll be there between 11 and 3. That's tomorrow, Friday the 6th. Um, I guess pretty much going to do it for us tonight. I want to eat the rest of these, and I don't want to chomp in this microphone. I got to get your assessment on these chips, though, Greggy. What are you thinking? I'm telling you, man. Uh, if the dry rub chips are a home run, these are also a home run. I, I think they're right on par. I think these have a really, really good flavor. I really, really like the buffalo like sauce taste to it. Where it's not overwhelming, it's not too much, but it's got that little zing to it. I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think this and the dry rub are definitely my two favorite flavors of Ball Rage chips that they make out of all the chips they make. Like it's definitely right up there. It's delicious, like for real. It's really, really good. <laughs> they almost have like a cheesy kind of flavor to them. Like it's got that tanginess, the zestiness to it. Yeah, like you've had those Buffalo Ranch chips from Ball Rights, the Ohio State ones, right? Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. <clears throat> they kind of remind me of like maybe where they started with for this idea, but they it's come full circle. This is like, this is perfect. This is exactly what you would want if you were trying to replicate Griff sauce as a seasoning. I think they hit, I think they hit a home run with this one. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I said, grab yourself a bag of the new Griff chips. MST Sauce Company. You can find them at Madison Street Tavern. You can find them at Mollyettes, among other places around the area. And while you're there, grab yourself some sauce. Grab a dry rub seasoning. Try out the new Fusion Q sauce. Kitchen Sink is now bottled as well. I think he's got, what, seven different sauces bottled. <clears throat> Starting an empire. All right, folks. I think that's pretty much going to do it. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night. We've got girls basketball here on Heart of Ohio Sports. As Tommy and I hit the road to bring you tomorrow's game live from Mohawk Gymnasium, as we'll be there for the Mohawk versus Cary girls game. That's tomorrow night, once again, live here on Heart of Ohio Sports. Tune in right around 7.15, 7.20-ish for the pregame show, and it's due for a 7.30 tip-off 
right here on the Pulse of the Buckeye State. All right, Greg, it's been a blast. I really appreciate you spending some time with me tonight. At least you wanted to. <laughs> hey, man, I just wanted my to get my hands in those chips there. Yeah, I know. I know. There's always an ulterior motive. No, this thing is so good, though. <laughs> All right. So once again, got to give a huge shout out to Greg Kin, the wizard, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you. Big time, man. No problem, man. All right. And all of you watching, if you made it this far, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Make sure you share the video. Like, follow, subscribe on all of our platforms. Find the Mulling It Over page on Facebook. Give me a like and a follow. That's going to do it. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll have a good one. We'll see you next time. Okay.